InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. As everyone knows, the government's stay-at-home orders in response to the coronavirus have been hard on everyone. But for people in abusive situations, it can literally be dangerous or even life-threatening. We're joined by Amanda Cobista-Owen, a social worker from the Mayo Clinic. Amanda, set the stage for us a bit. How have the government lockdowns affected domestic abuse and child abuse victims who are stuck at home? A lot of us understand how incredibly stressful it can be to need to be in our home all of the time. And when you couple that with a person that's already in an abusive relationship, emotional, physical, mental, financial, we see these increased stressors causing probably increased abuse in whatever form that we're seeing it. So I work in a domestic violence sexual assault program at Mayo Clinic here in Southwest Wisconsin, and I've received some calls that, you know, many people that I work with are isolated in their homes and they don't know what resources are available to them or understand how they safely could leave their situation now given the circumstances that we're under. Obviously, the stay-at-home orders have caused entire families, spouses, and children to be confined in pretty close quarters. Have you seen changes in who is being abused and how that is happening? I certainly have seen an increase in all types of abuse across the board. What I see is that people that were experiencing abuse previous to COVID-19, now it seems like those situations have increased, become more dangerous. And we're seeing that not only with domestic violence, but childhood sexual assault, human trafficking, sexual assault, intimate partner violence, all sorts of ways in which we see vulnerable populations are even more vulnerable at this time. There's also another form of emotional abuse and control called economic abuse. Talk for a moment about how unemployment and the economic burden of the lockdowns have affected that and just what economic abuse is. Economic abuse is a form of an abuse where one person is controlling the finances of a family. And oftentimes the person that's being abused, their finances are restricted. They're not allowed to work. Or if they are working, perhaps their money is taken from them right away. I've worked with individuals who said, you know, I raised five children taking care of all of their basic needs on $50 a week. Pretty resourceful, pretty amazing. And now when you look at a situation where many people are unemployed, many people don't have any kind of income coming in, you're going to see those stressors increase. And when you see stress increase, you're going to see increased instances of abuse, whether it's economic, whether it's physical, It all kind of just bubbles up, and at times, you'll see it come out in many different ways. We're talking with Amanda Kubista-Owen, a social worker from the Mayo Clinic, about the impact that stay-at-home orders have had on domestic abuse in America. Amanda, do you have any suggestions on how someone can protect themselves if they've been dealing with domestic abuse in the past? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways, and now, given the fact that we have safe at home, it's going to be different. We don't have the resources in the way that we had them before. Although there's many things that you can do to protect yourself or to develop a plan for safety. I've done safety planning over the phone with people who have called in to our clinic and we've talked about having a cell phone if that's possible or if you have an old cell phone 
those will call 911 always as long as it can turn on and it has power. So I'll talk to people about having maybe a couple cell phones hidden around the home if they need to. I'll also talk to them about trying to connect if possible with a support person. As we're seeing now, people are more isolated. So that might be in a virtual way if that's possible, FaceTime or different ways to reach out if that's a safe thing to do. Also having a getaway bag packed or an exit strategy is something that's really important. If you're able to talk to your neighbors and let them know what's going on, perhaps they can help you. I've had people develop a code with their neighbor, like if they call them and said, hey, I need maybe a cup of sugar or something, that's their plan and their cue to call 911, maybe. Also, when you're getting ready to leave, packing those essential things if you need to leave, making sure you have your medications, making sure you have that important documentation that you might need to get into a shelter, perhaps like your ID or birth certificate or those important documents. Of course, having a few basic things like clothing and toothbrush and that thing, if you can. But those other important items that you would want to think about is maybe an extra set of keys to get out or to get into the car, like those kinds of things are important for safety planning. And if there are children in this situation, that complicates planning a little bit more, right? You definitely want your plan to be age appropriate for your child, right? So depending on what your child is able to understand and comprehend, but letting them know what's going on if you can and it's safe to do so, what the exit plan is or safety plan is, letting them know that you're a safe person to talk to. So if something's happening to them, that they can come and talk to you and it's okay and you're going to be safe and get help for them. Our shelters are essential services right now, our domestic violence shelters. So If you're in need of an emergency shelter, you can access those. Some places do have some financial assistance if needed. If you're able to squirrel away money in, in a sense, do so. But right now, I know that's going to be a harder, harder thing to do. There are some social services agencies out there that are available. The advocates at the agencies for domestic violence and sexual assault will know what services can help as well. If I'm a friend or a family member or someone who has a history of being abused, how can I help or get help? If you know they have a history or even just a current situation going on, is be there to listen to them. Don't give them an ultimatum of, if you don't leave them, I can't support you any longer. That's even isolating that person further. In this situation, if we're able to offer them a safe place to stay with their shelter in place, you could do that. That'd be a great thing. Because sometimes people don't necessarily feel safe going to an emergency shelter for help. And maybe their support person would be a better option for them. Be available to them to listen, ultimately. And try to be creative and safe about how you can do that. Oftentimes when we're in an abusive situation and you're isolated, it may not be safe for them to necessarily talk to you on the phone or something else. But maybe there's a different way you can figure that out with them. But trust that that person knows what's safest for them as well. Amanda, can you recommend any resources to prevent domestic violence? There definitely are some resources that are available. Depending on where you live, the county that you live in, or the state that you live in has a coalition, a domestic violence or sexual assault coalition, so you can look that up. So if you're able to Google resources or just say domestic violence resources in my area, you can usually navigate to those websites rather quickly and find out what resources 
are available for you in your area. It's hard to say in these times specifically who exactly is offering what types of resources, but those websites have been kept up to date at the state level. They also have a quick exit button. So if you're in a situation where it may not be essentially safe for you to be looking up these websites, but you have to do so quickly or exit quickly, you can quickly hit that button and leave those websites. Amanda Cabista Owen, a social worker from the Mayo Clinic. Thanks for joining us today on InfoTrack. Thank you. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.